Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is one of your hosts, Amarain Bais. I'm Inga Stoffels. And I'm Zoe George. And we are excited to be here with you this evening. Ladies, it's good to be back with you guys. Right? I always love it when we're live and in studio and, you know, the energy Mm. is just there. And this is the first week of September, the new month. It's spring now. It's so exciting. So many new opportunities. So many exams starting. I already (laughs) miss winter. (laughs) I was just going to say, so many statuses spring has sprung. Right? Wow. (laughs) Happy new month, which you always get every new month. But, oh, my goodness. Who makes these? Where do they get them from? Your friend post happy new month? Yes. I get lots of my Nigerian. And aunties and uncles every month. Happy New Month. Happy Sunday. Happy this. I'm I'm like, has that interesting <laughs> face on. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving the positivity, yeah. but I've not experienced this before. That's like celebrating every day, mm. celebrating every month. Something we should actually do. Mm-hmm. That is something I don't think you actually want to do, but like, <laughs> you should be happy you've never experienced that. But yeah, we have such a fun-packed show Mm. for you guys. We are changing things up, and we have a very interesting interview. It's very mathematical, very scientific. We are interviewing two students who are joint winners of a maths Olympiad that they recently won, which is insane, because Mm. even when I did Olympiads in high school... I didn't make it anywhere. I was going to say, you did Olympiads? I only (laughs) did the English ones because, like, maths, me, no. How are you guys with maths? Let's not go there. <laughs> so we are talking to people who have very diverse strengths from those in studio today. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we love that year on 180 Degrees. Yeah, they can really just balance us out. Maybe they can help me with my math work when I have to bring it up in my degree coming up. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Cape Town. All right, now it is time for the What's Down in Cape Town. First off is the Cape Point Shipwreck and Lighthouse Tour. This tour starts out at Slankop Lighthouse, which is apparently South Africa's tallest cast iron lighthouse. And I want to ask you guys, what does that mean? Because to me, cast iron <laughs> is a pot. Uh, ooh, I had no idea. Honestly. How do you make a cast iron building? Like, this is a research thing that I should go into. You just get like a bunch of pots, mm-hmm. you, like, stack me? them on top of each other, put some cement. <laughs> With me, a cross is one thing, iron is another thing. I don't see it together. <laughs> so, okay, you start out at the tallest cast iron lighthouse, and then you go to the Cape of Good Hope Nature Reserve. It has two more lighthouses, as well as the shipwreck of the SS Thomas T. Tucker, which was an American liberty ship that ran, ar- ran ground in 1942. The tour then finishes at the Penguin Colony at Boulders Beach, Take along your camera to enjoy the scenic views. Wow. Please remember that some fitness is needed as this is a walking tour. Check out their website for more information as well as some more tours. That's kpointroute.co.za. That's fitness. That is a health tip in its own. (laughs) Skip today's health tip. (laughs) Go on a tour. And that's really interesting because I I don't think I've ever seen like a lighthouse in person. Like I always hear Mm. about them. I wasn't even sure they were real. Isn't isn't there one in... um Oh, no, no, that's not a real lighthouse. <laughs> that's just painted. But I think in grade three, we went to a lighthouse. Oh, wow. Uh, like on an outing, you know, then we went to a lighthouse and I was like, oh. I guess it depends on how close you live to the ocean because like mm. I'm from PE and there's like a bunch of fake lighthouses around. It's decora- decoration, but there is a real lighthouse around there. Hmm. To me, they're normal. It's just the cast iron bit that was a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing is hot air ballooning, and this is something I've always wanted to do, but it can be kind of expensive. 
um, it's not going to be your new Tuesday evening ritual, you know. <laughs> it's kind of something that you do once as an experience. So I went looking for a more affordable option that I can save for and enjoy before I move. Um, I found the Savvy Saver option on hotair.co.za. This is their most affordable option with many others for those of you who don't mind splurging some more. Mm-hmm. This ticket is for weekdays only, no weekends. And it is stunning since it's over the Winelands. Wow. The ticket costs 2,900 Rand, which is still a bit pricey for students, but that, that's something you can, you can save towards because it really is a good experience mm, to yeah. have. This includes drinks and snacks on arrival, an hour of the hot air balloon flight, post sparkling wine, uh, post flight sparkling wine, <laughs> post sparkling wine, and a farm style breakfast. Breakfast. So it's actually like really inclusive. Like it's an yes. experience all in and of itself. Um, it is important to note that this will not be a private flight. So unless you and your friends book it out, you will be mm. there with other people. This flight happens at sunrise. So get up nice and early for it. Should the flight be cancelled because of weather, it is very easy to reschedule it according to their website. Once again, that's hotair.co.za. You know, this what's down in Cape Towns is always giving me, like, every time you read it or every time you speak about it, I think, oh, I must do that. I must do that. <laughs> Living in Cape Town and haven't even experienced all these things that we discover on what's down in Cape Town. So those listening out there, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. We live in a very fun mm. city, you guys. We need to go out and do things. And that 2,900 includes actually a lot because I thought, okay, that's just for the ride. Mm. But after reading and seeing what it includes, I was like, worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, like it's not something you'll do every weekday mm. or, you know, once a week or once a month. It's, it's yes. special. You know, people get proposed to on Hot yeah. And I'm always seeing them because I drive the route out to my friend's house where they fly. And I always see these beautiful hot air balloons up there just like floating around in the most peaceful sky. Like it looks amazing. <sighs> Obviously, trigger warning for anyone who has heights, height, height issues. <laughs> for anyone who has heights. Who has heights? <laughs> if anyone over six feet tall. <laughs> if you're scared of heights, maybe rethink doing this mm. one. But for the rest of you, this could be a great option. Oh, loving it. And that's the What's Down in Cape Town. Zoe on 180 degrees. 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. So we are on the line with Ralph McDougall, one of the joint winners of the Mathematics Olympiad, and it is such an honor to have you here. How are you doing, Ralph? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'd just like to ask you the first question. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, so I'm a third-year electrical engineering student at Stellenbosch University moment. So, Ralph, how did you figure out that you had an aptitude for mathematics? And when did you start participating in Maths Olympiads? Um, I think I've always enjoyed uh, solving problems quantitatively and working with numbers. Mm. And I remember in grade five, I think, my teacher entered me into a competition. I did reasonably well. And then from then on, every year I tried doing more and more of it, getting more and more practice at it. Sure. Wow, so that's been quite a few years. So could you maybe tell us, how is a university-level maths Olympiad different from a high school-level one? Because in my head, I didn't know there were Olympiads after high school. (laughs) Same! (laughs) Okay, um, so with high school maths Olympiads, a lot of the time, the, the questions are set with the idea that you don't need to know any theory to be able to do the questions. Mm. 
it's often there's some small trick which anybody could find, but it's often really difficult to find that trick. Whereas with university competitions, you often have to start using more theory like calculus or such things that comes into play. Oh, wow. That actually really made me feel a little bit bad when you said anyone could find it because, you know, I did not maths. me. Same. I was doing <laughs> those Olympiads. I didn't find it. <laughs> me and my friends, we all did the Olympiads and I'm pretty sure they got to the next level. But Aish, I was just differently there. blessed, Zoe. Indeed. So I would like to. Okay, another feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can relate. So I'd like to ask if there's like, a next step or another level that you'd like to get onto, perhaps a different Olympiad, because the one you participated in, the ASSA, South African Tertiary Mathematics Olympiad, is there like a higher one, maybe like an Olympics for mathematics that you'd want to one day do? Um, so this doesn't really lead onto anything directly, but there are international competitions, so that'll be next year and hopefully be in Bulgaria. So I'm looking forward mm. to that. Oh, wow. Oh, but for the so most cool. part, I'm just participating for fun. Oh, okay. Oh, for fun. Ralph, right? you are a strong human who the Lord blessed. <sighs> Maths, Olympiads for fun. Children who are listening, take this and be inspired. Yes, and with that said, Ralph, do you have any advice for anyone out there who might want to follow in a similar path? Um, I would say, you know, it's... Try and take up the challenge if you have the opportunity to. You know, maybe it doesn't go that well this year, but you can mm. come back next year and practice for it. And if it's something that you want to try and pursue, just keep working at it. And I have like one last question that's kind of off sure. the bat. So from what I'm hearing, you genuinely enjoy math. And like, that's a really amazing thing because math can be very fun. So does it have any connection with what you want to do one day when you leave university? Like I the know dreaded you, university, what you want <laughs> to do one day question. Yeah. Like I know you want to be an engineer, you're studying engineering, but maybe perhaps yeah. you don't want to be an engineer. You just like my right. brother, that's what he did. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, a lot of the times with maths Olympiads, you have to explain your working out to, you know, so the marker knows that you didn't just guess at a random number. And I realized that I really enjoyed that process of explaining stuff. Mm. So I think I might enjoy doing teaching or lecturing someday. Okay. That's a phenomenal field to go in because we do need a lot of really good math teachers out there. I don't know if anyone else has been failed by a math teacher in their high school life, but <laughs> I would have appreciated to have someone that's so dedicated to math. But I'd also just like mm. to say what you mentioned. I feel like if you guessed the right answer <laughs> accidentally, you deserve that <laughs> Right? Like, what are the odds? On- there are so many numbers. You picked the right one. But... <laughs> mm. That just reminds me of my grade 11 math teacher. This woman told the entire class, there's no such thing as a stupid question. And then I asked a question, and then she apparently discovered that there wasn't such a thing as a stupid question. So I hope if one day you, when you're a teacher, Ralph, that you, you know, have a passion and patience for the children out there, because math is hard. Mm. But yeah, this... I guess we've come to the end of the interview for now. Thank you so much for joining us and just inciting these 
yeah, and parting us with these words for the children and anyone out there. And just congratulations. And we wish you the best of luck with your future journeys with Olympiads. Hopefully yeah. you can get to Bulgaria and who knows, even the moon anywhere. <laughs> and honestly, good luck with your degree as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you must have a wonderful evening further. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. During the coronavirus pandemic, TWR is working with World Vision International to bring help and hope. Please pay attention to the following important announcement as we help each other in our faith communities. Faith leaders are responsible to provide their communities and congregations with accurate information. We need to speak the truth in love. In order for faith leaders to do this, they have the responsibility to stay abreast of the latest information from the World Health Organization and your local national ministries of health and use these sources of information. Faith leaders must at all costs prevent the spread of misinformation and actively discourage sharing of rumors, myths, and unvalidated news or fake news. Fight myths by not repeating them. By providing any time to the myths, we have the opposite effect. Communities actually just believe them more. Faith leaders instead should disseminate true information that is contrary to the myths that you hear. This message is brought to you by TWR and World Vision International. So we just finished a nice interview with Ralph McDougall, one of the mm. co-winners of the Mathematics Olympiad. And now we are going to be talking to Timothy Schlesinger now, as you guys know, on the 21st of August. All the universities had this massive mathematics Olympiad, and these two guys won them. So I'd just like to say good evening, Timothy. How are you doing today? Hi, I am doing pretty well today. That yeah, is, that is a good day. That's great. So I'd like to ask us if you could, in detail, please tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am currently in my third year at UCT. I am doing a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics, Physics, and Computer Science. Um, although I must say that I am enjoying the Mathematics and Computer Science a little bit more than the Physics, <laughs> um, which I am finding to be quite a strain. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's going well. So, Timothy, you know, I... I would really just like to know, how did you figure out that you had an aptitude for mathematics? And also, when did you start participating in Math Olympiads? So, I, I think the truth is that I, I didn't figure it out. My mom did. Oh. Um, <laughs> and when I, was, when I was quite small, I think she noticed that I quite enjoyed um, numbers and counting things and doing like some basic math. Um, so she just fed me math stuff because I I wanted to do it. And then I think that really grew my love for math a lot. Um, and so when I did end up going to school, I mean, um, I prep school at high school, um, I had some good opportunities to participate in math Olympiads. Um, and because of the great foundation that she'd given me, I think I ended up doing a lot better than I would have without that. 
That's really good. It's very nice when parents actually encourage the interests that their children have because then you get to see them grow up and become like very prolific in their fields that they find very interesting. And that's something that one of my high school math teachers also told us, that it's very important not just to teach kids, you know, language and stuff, like everyone reads stories to their kids, talks to them and stuff, but to teach them, you know, counting, maths, that kind of basis to give that to your kids Mm. is also very important. So I'm really glad your mom could give you that. Um, I wanted to ask, how exactly is a university-level maths Olympiad different for you from a high school-level Olympiad? That's a very good question. So I think. The, the main difference would be around content. Um, so there would be high school Olympiads that I would say are very similar to, to this university Olympiad that I wrote. Um, but, and that's in, in format. Um, but I think the actual content of it is, um, it's quite different in that they, they do expect you to know a basic amount of university level math. Um, that, that they wouldn't expect you to know in a high school Olympiad. But mm-hmm. I think, although that is the case, um, it's a lot more about being able to solve a problem than being able to know some theory. And so, although there is an extent to which you do need a little bit of a, a basis for it, and you do need to have probably done about first-year maths um, to, to have the right theory for this math Olympiad, actually, most of the questions are accessible at a first-year math level, um, but the the idea is that it's it's a problem that's very hard to solve, mm. and so it's like it's not that you don't you don't have the theory for it. It's just that the problem is actually quite hard, and I think that's the same thing as high school Olympiads, where um, you don't need to learn a lot of theory for it. Um, you need to practice a lot of solving problems that you haven't seen before, um, and so I would say in in some sense, it's it's barely different at all. Oh, interesting. You know, I, d- I don't know if this is what you were going for, but I find it very inspirational that you, the winners, like, it's very hard, it's very difficult, you really have to practice a lot of things. Like, that made me feel better, that you're mm. not just, like, waltzing in and you're just like, pew, 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 I got this, <laughs> you know, I know all the math. Mm-hmm. And you're very human to me now. <laughs> yeah, no, so actually, I, I know both of the other winners very well. Um, throughout high school, we've worked together, like, to prepare for competitions. Oh, um, okay. And, in fact, we we all went to an international competition in Brazil together. And wow. Spent a lot of a lot of time together training for that and preparing for that. And sure. so it's, there's a lot of background work that is mm. kind of being shown now um, in, in later Olympiads that we've been doing throughout high school. And I think that really is just the definition of practice makes perfect. Okay, in math, you'll never be perfect. But I mean, like, if I compare my study subjects to maths, like things you actually need to practice, Mm. things you actually need to, Mm. then I can see where my marks were, but, you know, (laughs) like, eh. But then that's really interesting. Like, did you guys all just go to high school together or did you just meet while participating in all these Olympiads, traveling the world, going to do math? Mm. Wow. <laughs> no, so none of us actually went to high school together. We just um, happened through the South African Mass Foundation um, to be selected for selection camps. Um, and then that's pretty much where you meet people from. Well, um, for example, Aaron Naidu was one of the other winners from yes. Durban. And so you'll, you'll meet people from 
a number of other parts of the country um, and definitely people from other schools. Um, and so, like, through the South African Math Foundation, there was a great opportunity to um, learn a lot, but also meet people who were also trying to learn a lot and who could help you learn a lot. Yeah, it's a great networking experience. Yeah. So, Tim, I'd like to ask you if you have, like, a specific next step that you would have to take after winning this Olympiad. When we spoke to Ralph, he said he really wants to go to the one in, I believe, Belgium. the Ukraine. It was a Eastern European country. It started with a B, Zoe. Bulgaria? Bulgaria! Mm. Not the I Ukraine. Probably Bulgaria. Yes. Yeah, Bulgaria, you, yes. you know this better than you I know. <laughs> Bulgaria, Ukraine, um, same place, basically. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that would be cool. Um, it's always cool to travel overseas, um, and I think I'm definitely in the same boat as Ralph. Where I think I think that competition goes up to um, honors, and so last year would be our last year to to try and do that. Um, and obviously, with last year and this year, um, it's happening online. Um, it would be nice to be able to experience an in-person um, version of it um, and be able to go to Bulgaria and meet people, not just from other parts of the country, but from other parts of the world. Yeah, um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And do you have any advice for someone out there who might want to follow in a similar path as you? Sure. Um, I think there's, there's a conception around math that <laughs> a lot mm. of people... They, they won't even allow themselves to like it. Um, yeah. And I think you need to allow yourself to enjoy it. Um, there'll definitely be times where, where you get annoyed with it. <laughs> and, I mean, so not being able to solve a problem and sitting with a problem for a long time um, is a next level of annoyance um, and irritation. <laughs> but I think there's, there's a love for math that you need to have if you want to um, do good at it. Or yeah. do well at it, sorry, and, and be motivated. Um, because there's, there's only so much that you can be, um, externally motivated by stuff and, and maybe work towards stuff. Maybe you want to get good, um, get really, um, good at it for, for money, um, to be able to, like, you know, um, earn a lot of money one day. But I think if you're not loving it, if you're not doing it for the love of it, um, then it's not, it's going to be much harder for you to motivate yourself and it's going to be much harder to actually um, put in the effort that, that you're going to need to um, to get really good at it. Yeah. Um, so I would say before you try and like just train yourself silly and <laughs> do lots and lots of examples and practice, like try and find the things that interest you. Look up some YouTube videos. Look up something. There's a, there's a channel called 3 Blue, 1 Brown. Um, which is incredibly interesting stuff um, and at a very accessible level. Like, you can think about math um, without having a background in math. Um, and it's very cool to just see some of the some of the problems that come up and some of the things that you can solve and that, um, like, researchers today are working on. Um, and also just some of the amazing things that people have come up with um, throughout history. And so I think... Getting that love for math and that just investment into wanting to to be able to see this and to be able to better understand this um, is a lot more important than just trying to force yourself to put in the hours and um, yeah just force yourself to to do it. I think it 
it comes from a love for it. So you can't try and force yourself into it. Yeah. Mm. No, that's true. Those are very wise words, Tim. Mm. Very impactful for our <laughs> listeners, I'm very sure. Um, one last question that I'd like to ask you. Um, we asked Ralph this as well, but of a sideline question, but what would you like to do? The dreaded university question. What would you like to do with your degree um, after you've graduated? So this is a very, very interesting question because Ralph and I actually have a virtue at the same company and are required to work it off after our degree. Um, so I think... He probably said something along the lines of software development and coding. Um, and I think that is where we're going to be working together um, for at least a year after our degrees. Um, and so, so that's, the, that's definitely the short-term plan. Um, but, but long-term, I don't know if I actually see myself um, using my degree. I think that my plan would be um, to actually become a missionary. And really? That's so cool, <laughs> right? Amadeen is that's, not missionary. That might be like... quite surprising, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ralph also gave us a bit more of his long-term plan, so it's really cool mm. to see that you guys are actually like not just thinking, cool, okay, what's exactly next you know, on yeah, the list? Yeah. Where do I actually want to be in the future? Like that, It's very cool to see that you guys are thinking ahead like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There we are. <laughs> Timothy, this was such a lovely interview. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence tonight. Thank and you. congratulations once again yeah, for winning. That's, congrats. It was yeah, an amazing thanks. achievement. Yeah. We wish you the best of luck with your future endeavors. We hope you get to Bulgaria. <laughs> and we yeah. hope that you are able to accomplish all your dreams. Definitely. Yeah, we'll be praying for you to be a missionary one day. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Mystery Bible Quiz So we just had a very fun interview with two mathletes who won a mathematics Olympiad. And it was quite a joy talking to them, seeing their different perspectives on math and talking about where they want to go. But in the spirit of asking questions and getting answers, we are now in the Bible quiz section of the show. And Amadeen has a fun question for us. So this week's question is quite short. So what is the shortest verse in the Bible? Please send us that answer to the uh, WhatsApp line at 081-729-1657. You can also send it to a telegram line at the same number or SMS us at 37988. Standard rates do apply. Now please listen to this wonderful song. 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. Follow us on Facebook today. I Am Radio. All right, and we just finished listening to a wonderful song. But right before that, I asked you guys a question. And that question was, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? The answer to that is Jesus wept which can be found in John 11, verse 35. You know what? I'm so glad that you said that because I had my suspicions in my head. I feel like I've told this story before, but when I was younger, my dad, for those of you who don't know, he's a pastor. Mm. He one day challenged my brother and I that we needed to start memorizing Bible scriptures so that we could, you know, just quote them whenever, or it could, you know, help us learn the Bible better. So that was one of the first scriptures I memorized. (laughs) So when you were like the shortest scripture, I was like, I've got this. I can quote this. 
And I'm glad I was right. <laughs> well, it is a bit longer, depending on the version of the Bible you read. In the New Revised Standard Version, which is my preferred English version, it says, I believe, Jesus began to weep, to weep, which is a bit longer. Um, but I think the message is still brought across that way. Yeah, I think it can be very beautiful, just how much is packed in those two simple words. Mm. Yes. Now let us head on into the happy health tip. Health tips. How to be happy in your health. It's not just about being healthy, it's about being happy. Should be quite interesting. Chocolates are the true source of happiness. So now the tip that keeps us going for the rest of the week, the happy health tips. Mm-hmm. Number one, I have a problem with this. Limit sugary drinks. Sugary drinks like sodas, fruit juices, and sweetened teas are a primary source of added sugar. I actually only found out that thing about fruit juices recently yeah. because I thought, okay, juice is healthy, not soda. Juice has a lot of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Good. So number two, eat nuts and seeds. Some people avoid nuts because they are high in fat. However, Nuts and seeds are incredibly nutritious and they are packed with protein, fiber and a variety of vitamins and minerals. A good idea how to sneak them into your food more is like if you make oats in the morning, putting like chia seeds or flax seeds in mm. there. It it doesn't change the flavor at all, really. So that's a good way to sneak some health into your breakfast. Yeah, yeah there, there's a tip on a tip. <laughs> Number three, avoid ultra processed foods. Ultra-processed foods are foods containing ingredients that are significantly modified from their original form. They often contain additives like added sugar, highly refined oil, salt, preservatives, artificial sweeteners, color, that is, a, this is a lot that is wow. added, colors and flavors as well. So let's avoid ultra Processed, they're not even processed foods, ultra processed foods. They just can't leave anything be. They have to always take it one step to further. A next level. Number four, don't fear coffee. I know that's right, you guys. <laughs> coffee is so good for you. Despite some controversy over it, coffee is loaded with health benefits. It's rich in antioxidants, and some studies have linked coffee intake to longevity and a reduced risk of type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's disease, oh, and numerous Parkinson's. other oh. illnesses. I think that's, that's you know, like... Things in moderation. So true. People might drink a lot of coffee now. They're yeah. like, coffee's unhealthy. So to mm. link it to tip number one, it's not healthy if you put a bunch of sugar in it. Ah, mm. so true. Especially for you diabetics out there like my father. It's like, oh, coffee, coffee's good for me. Let me just put like three sugars in here. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, like, what is your sugar, like in coffees and teas? What are, what are your sugar numbers? I um, take three. Three. Um, depending on the size of the mug, one or two. Mm. Mm. So I take, I, I was at three and now I'm at one. Mm. Right? Mm. And I'm trying to go to zero, but now I'm like kind of getting myself back to two. I don't know why. But, um, my one friend, she actually made the statement. She said, drinks no sugar. And I was like, how do you drink no sugar in your coffee or no sugar in your tea? And then she said, no, that's how you actually taste the coffee is if you don't add sugar or if you don't 
you know, add these extra things. And then I saw this meme that said, because my one friend, she just takes tea, no sugar, no milk, just tea. And then I saw this meme that says, don't you just want to chew on the tea bag for those people that just drink tea? I love that meme. I don't want to call your friend a liar, but sugar <laughs> makes it better. I yeah. agree. I agree. It's I healthier that. to have less, so I'm with her on that. But I can taste the coffee, even if there's like a little spoonful of sugar in there. I agree. I agree. I cannot do no sugar. I tried and I one sip and I was like... Scoop, scoop. (laughs) The final tip, number five. Eat fatty fish. Fish is a great source of high-quality protein and healthy fat. This is particularly true of fatty fish such as salmon, which is loaded with anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids and various other nutrients. Wow. So follow us on 180 Degrees for more health tips. Mm-hmm. Indeed. If you want to live right, you know where to tune in to get the good tips. I wanted to ask, do you guys follow these health tips? Yes. <laughs> Depending. I do the get enough sleep one. I, do that. <laughs> I know that's right. Same. I do the, personally, I drink a glass of water every day. Mm-hmm. I try to spend at least 20 minutes in the sun. I drink coffee <laughs> and I, I also try to get a lot of sleep because I feel that's very important mm. and I try to manage my stress levels. So I mm. actually heed these tips. Thank you very much. I, I would say I am the most unhealthy member of the crew and I, I don't do them as well as the rest of you. I try, but life just gets in the way sometimes. And just like that, we have come to the end of yet another Monday with you guys. Right. We are at the bottom of the hour so <laughs> quick. It's crazy how time just flies like that. You've got to put a... It's like the clock has wings. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to throw that dad joke in the there, ele- you guys. The elephant throw the clock out of the window. Why did the elephant throw the clock out of the window? Why? To see time fly. Wow. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that one. Tune in next week with the three of us where we will be back in studio with you guys. This has been 180 Degrees. Signing, Signing out. out.